0: Welcome to The Source Hall with Amy and Allie. This is a podcast where we discuss our favorite adaptations
1: across all media and genres. Today is my favorite adaptation. We're going to be discussing Dangerous Liaisons, which was a book, a play, and at least three movies I can think of off the top of my head, but we're going to be focusing on two of them.
0: want to start? No. Okay, I will start. God, I hated this movie.
1: Okay, hold on then. Then I do have to start. Today we're going to be discussing Dangerous Liaisons.
0: Okay, Dangerous Liaisons I didn't hate.
1: (laughs) It began as a book a really, really, really long time ago. Right? Which
0: you will be discussing the book because I never actually read it.
1: And honestly, it if you didn't do my homework, <laughs> no, it's not about that. The book is so it's from the 1700s. The book is a lot. It's an epistolary novel.
0: Yes, so it's all done as letters. Yeah, right? it's all
1: letters. There's an, it's a novel, right? It's right. in French. It's translated. I got a copy at like Barnes and Noble, so I'm not really sure about how great the translator was. And then it was turned into a play. Right, in the 80s. Yeah, it
0: was a play in the 1980s, Dangerous Liaisons, which Mm -hmm. was, I'm not even going to, Christopher Hampton.
1: Yes. And then Hampton also was involved in the creation of the Oscar winning, right? Because it was Oscar
0: winning. It did win a few, um costumes i know it did yeah win. it got nominated for best picture but it did not win no. it was adapted screenplay so which goes right into what we're doing in the podcast yes. anyway so exactly. it did win best adapted screenplay yeah
1: um so that yeah that was all hampton and then there was another version called valmont which has colin firth which i can't get through you saw it once right
0: i saw it once a long time ago it's not that memorable right but dangerous and liaisons is a lot more fun
1: it should have been memorable though colin firth is colin firth yeah hmm. and, and then Frisabalk. Oh, right. You love Farisabal. I do love (laughs) Farisabal. And then in the late 90s, this man named Roger Cumble came along and decided this is like modern teenagers.
0: Yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, he did mention that, you know, teenagers can be vicious.
1: Yes. And and there's such a viciousness about the story. We're going to get into that. Yes. But he, so he created this movie. It's called um, Cruel Intentions. He came out in 99, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And it stars Sarah Michelle Gellar and the Ryan guy who... Philippi. Ryan Phillippe. Ryan Phillippe, yeah. I, I guess we still care about him. Um, no, he's actually really wonderful in it. It has Selma Blair in one of the worst castings I've ever seen in my entire life. Hmm. Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. Um, Pacey from <laughs> Pacey Dawson's Creek. from Dawson's Creek. <laughs> no. um, um, Louis Jackson. Fletcher, who Jackson.
0: Um, Louise Fletcher, who's from... Uh, Deep Space Nine is uh, Kai Winn yeah, and okay, but- Nurse Ratchet from another adaptation. Okay, one Flew Over the cuckoo's nest?
1: Okay, but but Flowers in the Attic. Flowers in the Attic. <laughs> yeah.
0: So she usually plays just oh, just yeah. She's she's good at playing female villains. Yeah, and um, in this one, she's not actually so much of a villain. She's just a side character. She's the
1: ant. Yes, she is. Yeah, she she's she's fine. Yeah, she's fine. She's completely. I completely forgot she was in the movie. That's how forgettable she is. But that's the that's the role. Yeah, Uh,
0: yeah. She's not. She's not in a big part. Another interesting thing that I just need to point out is that actually in um, Dangerous Liaisons in the movie, Swoozie Kurtz plays the role of. She plays Cecile's mother uh-huh. and in 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 Cruel Intentions, she plays the shrink at the very beginning. Yes. So not the same role, but No, but it's, it's really Good cool casting. that she
1: gets to be in both of them. Okay. So now you can talk about why you hate it. Okay. <laughs> she, Where she went to, to pick up a start? drink and then I said, you can talk about how you can. And she just like, like put that drink down drink real casually. Down. It's time.
0: It's my time. Go ahead. Okay. So in the same way that like, I know that this is fiction. And in the same way that I can't watch shows like Law & Order because they're just the violence and things like that are just really grotesque to me. That regardless of how much I know it's fiction, I just can't stand it. This movie, these characters are so just disgusting to me and so reprehensible. I mean, we talk about like the main character, Sebastian, in this movie is a rapist. Um, He is... Uh, He's blackmailing one person. He rapes a girl. He um, puts naked pictures of another girl on the internet. And this is the character we're supposed to sympathize with. This is our hero. Yeah, that's the hero of the story. So it's so very difficult for me to just not feel sickened when I watch this movie. I mean, in general... People with that kind of wealth, with that sort of jaded, um, spoiled wealth to that level, just it does kind of make me feel a little sick when I think about people like that. And as much as I know it's fiction, it's just, oh, it makes my skin crawl when I see people like that.
1: It's totally understandable. And yet you don't have the same visceral reaction to dangerous liaisons. No. Or um, he is an adult. Yeah,
0: he is an adult and it's also pre-French Revolution. So there's a very good chance they, well, I mean, he... You know, spoilers, he gets uh, killed in a duel, but most of them probably got beheaded anyway, which, you know, I'm fine with. (laughs) You get the very distinct feeling that comeuppance is not quite the same for extremely rich Manhattanites as it is for, you know, because we know as of yet, these people have not been beheaded. So
1: as of yet. So one of the things I want to point out as we start this is that the names of the characters are different from movie to movie even if they're not different from the book. Right. Because when you talk about French society mm-hmm. and you talk about modern-day American society, you're going to be using different terms for everyone. So even if they have the same names, which they do. Yeah, and Sebastian, Sebastian
0: yeah. Belmont and yeah. yes.
1: Mm-hmm. So when we say Catherine, we're talking about cruel intentions. When we say Sebastian, we're talking about cruel intentions. Anytime we're using someone's first name. Yes. That's what we're doing. And then anytime that we're using someone's last name. Right. And so first off, we have to apologize. We are not French. We don't speak French. Yeah. So we will be butchering these names. We'll throughout. be butchering these names. I I took two years of high school French and I'm still butchering everything. So uh,
0: I, as I think we've talked about before, I took four years of French in high school and outside of Je m'appelle Amy, I have no idea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um, the French book would be called Les Liaisons Dangereuses. Mm-hmm. So if we're, if we're butchering the title of the book, we're talking about the book, right? Yeah. So if we're butchering something, it's, it's that. <laughs> okay.
0: So you read the book. Where do you want to start?
1: So I want to talk about how, um, the viciousness. Right. In the book. It was banned. Mm-hmm. It was shocking. Yeah. And, That's one of the reasons why it's one of my favorite adaptations, because it is harder to shock people as time goes on. Yes.
0: Now, was this, and maybe you would know, was this pre-things like uh, Don Juan and Don Giovanni? Because it doesn't seem, though the Valmont character seems very much based on these on uh, Don Juan or Don Giovanni, especially leaving a journal of all his conquests as he goes on, which I believe is very similar. I was just curious if he was based on that character or...
1: I don't know, actually. I'm looking it up really quickly right now because I can, because that's the power of the internet. Hooray for Google. <laughs> but honestly, the, these themes exist because the culture exists. Right,
0: on. y'all, absolutely.
1: And so, you know, it was... Sorry
0: we, to put you on the spot like No, that. it's
1: fine. We think of society as being, American society, as having a puritanical streak. Yes. We can't get away from that root. However, we're not talking about that. We're talking about French culture, which also, like, even if you're going back a couple hundred years, has that same, you know, like, like we had to get to, <laughs> we yes. had to go through our Puritan streak and now we're sort of getting to this point where we can discuss many of the things that people maybe would have discussed. And of course, we're talking, in, and and it goes through every single one of these iterations, we're talking about class. yes, And in, when it comes to class and class issues we're never going to be talking about one type of overall person right and we can't even do that today no
0: i mean this was definitely it specifically it was they were royals in the book whereas the difference being just incredibly wealthy americans which obviously we don't have royalty here but we do have obscene wealth
1: i mean we have the kardashians before that, we had the Hiltons. We create our own royal class yeah. with celebrity. Yes. So, yuck.
0: Um, yeah. The Rockefellers. The yes. Posts, so forth and so yeah, on.
1: Yeah. And and you know, early movie culture had a lot of this is our royalty. Yeah.
0: Oh, oh, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably started. Yeah. Oh, sorry.
1: No, I, I, I want to talk a little bit about how shocking this book is because, um. The reason that I love the adaptation so much is because they are so aware, right. especially Cruel Intentions, is so aware that if you are going to update this work, you still have to shock your audiences. Mm-hmm. You can't give them the exact same thing. We can watch a period piece like dangerous liaisons. Right. And we can enjoy it for what it was and we can see what was shocking to them and sometimes we can just pat ourselves on the back and go, oh, it's not shocking to us anymore. We're so much better than that. We're so much more open and understanding and, I don't know, free and sexual or whatever. Yes. But what Cruel Intentions does and what I really enjoy about it is that it highlights those things about our own culture and reveals them. Right. I think...
0: And we'll get into this a little further, but um, Cruel Intentions, there are reasons to pat ourselves on the back because there are multiple parts of that movie that just do not age well.
1: So instead of having notes, I actually just brought my college paper about... about cruel intentions and well
0: you can continue please continue about the book first right. i just wanted to well i, just I mean, feel that there is definitely cause for a little bit of back padding because in many ways things like in a you know after the me too movement and things along those lines i think we can look back and go wow like you can instantly spot problematic things here yeah. in this book no 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 no, no,
1: no oh absolutely i it's not even that it's i'm patting Oh, no, what I'm really doing is I'm cringing at my former self. So this paper was only written... 2005? 2005, yeah. And there are parts of it that I'm reading now, and I'm horrified by what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And Most of it's queer culture, too, which is, you know, I've known that I was queer. I've known I was a bisexual bisexual woman since I was 12. Mm -hmm. And yet, I still bring the baggage of sort of suburban culture into my perception of the gay characters in this movie yep. and how they're perceived and how they're written and all this other stuff. And I just, I just, I read over a couple of lines and I was like, Ooh, me swinging yes. a miss.
0: Well, there is so much homophobia in this movie. It's, yes. it's overwhelming, Ooh, not just with the gay characters, but, um, just okay. a couple points. In, oh, go ahead,
1: go ahead. We're, we're totally, do we want to do this linearly? Cause I feel like we should be somewhat linear. Okay. Okay. I want to talk about Dangerous Liaisons before we talk about Cruel Intentions because I have a lot to say about Cruel Intentions and so do you Yes, because you hated it and because I love it. And I feel that it will get buried if we don't focus on it now.
0: You're absolutely right because I could talk about that movie all day.
1: It's a gorgeous movie. And just like Cruel Intentions, it has one poor cast choice.
0: You don't like... Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Yeah, his, his, <laughs> his ability to, to act in this, it, it's really poor acting. It's
1: so bad. It's not quite
0: Dracula bad, but
1: it's bad. <laughs> You're not wrong. He, so he plays, Um, I forget the name of the, the character. The music teacher. The music teacher, right? Like I was going to call him Ronald, but that's not no, accurate. A lot of, um, so the, the thing is, is when we talk, uh, I always say when we talk about, I noticed that on when we talked in our covers, but... When we had previously spoken about things, well, um, the last names and the first names, yeah. the help doesn't get full names. No. No. And the people in the lower classes, the servants, everyone, they don't get last names. So when I say Ronald, this is the only time this man has like a real name. Yeah.
0: So Ronald is just Ronald. Um, Keanu Reeves was his, again, Chevalier, Dancini?
1: Dancini, yeah. Dancini.
0: Yeah. But the same role as Ronald, the music teacher. the music teacher. I'm I'm fine just saying the music teacher. That's
1: awesome. So I am not a huge Uma Thurman fan. And this was one of her first roles. Yes, it's very early on. She doesn't really do much as an actress. No. She was a model and they were like, oh, she's a model and she's young and she's pretty. We're going to make her Cecile. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I don't know why it is that everyone has decided Cecile can just be cast with anyone and be fine.
0: Right. So you didn't you didn't like her at all in this or you just I, I forgot that was she was nothing. in it actually. Like She's
1: nothing. The whole thing is nothing and Cecile is a pawn? Yeah. But when you're putting something on the screen, that pawn is still supposed to be a person. Right. And we're supposed to feel for them and I didn't feel for Uma Thurman mm-hmm. for like The first half of her career. Okay. I just think it's something to do with, you know, taking someone who who's blatantly doing something else with their life modeling and deciding Mm -hmm. that because of their attractiveness, you can just show put them on, you know, on the on the big screen and just assume that it's going to be fine
0: yeah I mean I'm not sure when Johnny B good came out but I thought she was still high school age at that point though it's hard to say for sure but that was not a very good movie that anybody will remember <laughs> I, but me. Re- I know it uh, existed uh, I can't yeah remember it's it. it's an awful movie so don't bother looking it up but she's very <laughs> young in that I think still high school age so she may have done some acting but this was definitely one of her first few roles yeah
1: Cecile is an important part uh, she's not a huge important part of the book but she does end up being a big part of what's on the screen Mm
0: -hmm. in both movies in
1: both movies and so when you cast Cecile, you have to cast well and I just I don't uh, Keanu Reeves is a misstep yes you know Uma Thurman as Cecile is just it could have been done better it's just there and that makes me sad right the end okay
0: (laughs) all right moving on so we've just we've gone through Keanu Reeves we've talked about uh, Cecile as Uma Thurman. What about now? Glenn Close, obviously amazing in this movie, She's and amazing. got so much praise for She's this movie. So good, and deservingly I mean,
1: her and Malkovich. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I, I hated being John Malkovich. It was one mm. of the things like you're saying about cruel intentions. I hated every character in that movie. Right. And so I have such a like. Oh, why did I even finish this movie? I hated everyone. And he still wins me over every
0: time. The funny thing is, and uh, this is a little off topic, but not long after this movie, John Malkovich hosted Saturday Night Live, and he did the very infamous I Will Not Be Mocked sketch where he more or less plays uh, Valmont. um, Mm. Look it up, see it. It's a classic. And I think that was like one of my first... um, I think I saw him on Saturday night live before I actually saw this movie and was like, Oh, this guy's hysterical. I I'm going to watch this movie now.
1: <laughs> not exactly the same thing. It's not the same at all. The movie is a drama. Yes. And there are some, there's some levity in it. A
0: little bit. Yeah.
1: But for the most part, it is a, it is a drama. Yeah. It is the way that we use the word drama now to Absolutely. mean drama. Yeah. And, and that's just straight up the plot. It's, it, it's a really good adaptation mm-hmm. to take um, a, a book that's entirely made of letters and to turn it into a movie is yeah, is its, its is own difficult. challenge, yeah. right? Because you don't have a lot of the cues. Yeah, You have to make them all up yourself. But also, we as viewers already know and understand and enjoy this concept of the period piece. Right. And it's ridiculous, right? You know, what's a period piece to us is hundreds of years. It's like, oh, they're wearing fancy costumes. It's a period piece. Yeah. Yeah. It's no different to me. Like when someone says, oh, that 80s music is on the classics station now or the oldies station. station.
0: Yeah. Oldies. What was oldies ninety eight used to be fifties music when I was a kid. Yes, now it same. is all eighties.
1: No so, yeah. that's not old.
0: But it's still called Oldie's ninety eight. But it's so not deal old. with it, we are. It's not. Again, as we talked about in another episode, we are both ninety two years old.
1: <laughs> I thought it was just me.
0: Okay, yeah. You're ninety two, um ninety eight, I think it yeah, is. Right?
1: I think yeah, something like that. Fine. Hello future. Fine. <laughs> yes. For all
0: those future <laughs> listeners out there. In the year twenty, I'm math. not gonna try to do math. Yet. You don't
1: math on this podcast. No, no right. math
0: on. No, this is not. I know for anybody tuning in who thought this was a specifically a math podcast, it is not. So it is not. Um, you'll have to tune in to Amy and Allie Talk Math, which is on a. That's a different podcast.
1: It doesn't exist. No, it will never exist. Yes, it will. It I, I actually really enjoy math. Like basic math. Mm -hmm. And I wish I'd kind of gone more into it, but that's a whole other story. enjoy math. (sighs) I find it
0: sexy when other people can do math. (laughs) I get really turned on by people who can do math, but that's a whole other podcast again. So if you want to talk about (laughs) Amy's odd sexuality choices, that again.
1: (gasps) Back to the movie. (laughs) It's gorgeous. It's well acted. Yeah, it is beautiful. It's a bunch of nasty people doing nasty manipulative things to each other. Yes. And that's all it is. It's Valmont wants to bang Uh, the Marquise de Montoy, right? Right. And he'll do anything to do it. And she's like, oh, then, and then we get into this trope of the bet. Yes, the bet. Which is hilarious because when we think of the bet, we think of like 80s me- movies and maybe like a little bit of 90s yeah. movies. This is a 1700s The Bet yes. book. And so now we know that this trope has existed for hundreds for and hundreds of time. years. And yeah. and people love it, right? Like they loved this book, the people who didn't like burn in in the streets and all. Yeah. We love The Bet. We do. As a
0: culture, you mean. As a culture. Yes.
1: We love this concept of here is this thing you're agreeing to it, and now you're using other people to get that. Yeah, and a
0: lot of times it's done more in a comic way where you see two people trying to foil the other from winning the bet, yes. whereas this is not funny.
1: No, there's nothing funny about this. There is rape. There is... Um, there's a baby dies yeah there's a (laughs) miscarriage yeah there's a miscarriage that's Um, the word i couldn't think of thank you
0: eventually um people go into a convent i mean it's go back to the convent i guess it is they
1: die yeah i mean there's a lot this is this is a you know this is a tragedy because sex sells but sex had to sell in a tragic way for a very long time it's only during the course of our lifetimes where people can have everyone can Mm. have a happy ending yeah Right. So it wasn't until I don't even know when that like lesbian pulp novels, they all had to end with misery. Oh, yeah. And yeah death. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, f- I mean, and and to this day, of course, you know, the bad guy gets his. Oh, yeah. Always. Yeah. And and nowadays we're sort of flipping that on its head. The bad guy gets to become the good person like Megamind. Yeah.
0: Like Megamind or even and depending on like which part of the Avengers, you're watching Loki, who was just complete evil in Thor, complete evil in the first Avengers movie. And then
1: he becomes just sort of a lovable, fun character. Right. And we're supposed to believe that that was the staff. Yeah. right. The stone, the proximity to the stone. Okay, whatever. So we have this bet. And the bet is, hey, if you can bang this woman who is known for being so virtuous.
0: Yes. And have her write a letter proving that you did it. Proving
1: it. Then, and only then, will I have sex with you again. Yes. You have to believe that Valmont, who is completely and totally amoral. So the bet is he... He needs to sleep with this one person and Cecile, right? And he's told, he says that's too easy. Mm -hmm. That's simple. That's nothing. Right. And so who they decide on is this incredibly virtuous married woman. This is standard in the trope. Mm -hmm. She's all that, does it? Yeah. Oh, not that one. Right. Right. Not that one, not that one, not that one. And then somehow they pick the one that has like the gorgeous skin and is a thin person and will right. easily be beautiful. At least in She's All That, they talk about how she's, her her oddness and her mm-hmm. feminism right. is what's going to work against them. That's what makes her the challenge, which is, there's a couple of reasons why I really like She's All That and that's one of them. Right. It's not for the title though, which is a terrible title. It's just completely easily forgettable and you forget which one that is, but it's the one with yeah. Rachel Lee Cook and Freddie Pritz Jr. Mm. So they have this bet. Right. And they are, they just, basically then they start playing off of each other. Yes. And then Cecile comes into play anyway.
0: Right. Because what happens is um, the girl that he is pursuing, the Michelle Pfeiffer character, mm-hmm. uh, her uh, Cecile's mother warns her that Valmont is this person that she needs to avoid. Yes. At which point he decides to take revenge on the mother.
1: Who he by totally with had sex with. Yeah. He totally had sex with the mother and now he's going to have sex with her daughter.
0: With her daughter to get her back for basically ratting him out for exactly who he is.
1: Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But it works because he's petty. Yes. And it complicates the plot a lot. hmm and then he goes and he falls in love with the virtuous woman. Yes. And he is redeemed. And the book gets so boring during this point. He is sending her these letters and they're so blatantly wrong. Like they're so blatant lies to us, the reader. Mm. And we love that. We, we suck that up, right? Like we know that he is evil and that when he says, oh, um, Madame de Martoy, she's just a friend. She's yeah. my dearest friend. Mm-hmm. And people are always talking about us, and it's awful how they talk about oh, yeah. us. When really <laughs>
0: gossips, these dirty
1: gossips. <laughs> and then over the course of the over the course of the letters, he does fall for her. And they are spending time in between. Mm-hmm. Right? These letters are just the the things that they send to each other and of course they're explaining everything they did at the time, which yeah. is the issue with the uh, epistolary format. And so you end up with this um, the story of this man who is redeemed to a point. Yes. But, but you can't really be redeemed because this is 18th century France. So instead, you have to be killed off because that shows that you were truly in love. Right. Now, in the movie, he does eventually, like uh, during
0: the sword fight, there is a point in the movie where he intentionally loses so uh, it's not like he is beaten by keanu reeves character he pretty much just there's a point where after the fight goes on for a while he realizes that and he does intentionally lose the fight yes so there is a certain sacrifice that goes along with as well so i which makes him maybe slightly more redeemable yes
1: but it's really fun just to watch john malkovich play this character yeah absolutely because it's it's just a fictional case you know it's no one we're ever going to attach to we're never going to understand 18th century france we're never going to put ourselves in the shoes of these people right which brings us to cruel intentions Mm -hmm. these are teenagers in the 90s yes i was a teenager in the 90s much
0: easier to associate with
1: exactly here's why i love this movie okay as an adaptation i mean i just i loved it anyway like i watched it a bunch i have it on dvd but as an adaptation, mm-hmm. I fell in love with it because Roger Cumble thinks of everything at the core of these characters and rewrites them as these teenagers who personify the existing problems of today instead of trying to slap the the mores of yeah you know like the 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 concept of what was you know it wasn't it it's not it's not phoning it in right so right a good example of what i think that this movie absolutely does not do is the much ado about nothing adaptations mm-hmm. where they don't update the ending right disappoint the heck out of me because you have to slut shame mm-hmm. badly And be okay with one of the main characters being slut shamed and then marrying the guy anyway. Yeah. And cruel intentions doesn't do that. Um, to an extent, it shames a lot of people during the course of this because they are horrible people. Yes. But it does not take what would shame someone then. Right. And make it now.
0: True. I mean, there is a little bit of slut shaming in it, but I don't think it's, quite it's not quite as bad
1: right and and it's it's not the the shaming part it's the it's the the idea that like okay Shakespeare wrote this thing mm-hmm. and back then you had to forgive somebody for saying you were unvirtuous yes and marry them anyway and be and virtuous and we see this throughout um all romances up until the mid 80s or so in Harlequin romances Everyone had to be a virgin, and then suddenly they were like, okay, maybe you don't have to be a virgin, but but there's a lot of rape in those books yes. so that you can get your virgin character to have sex, which is sexy, <laughs> I guess. Yes, this is what I'm talking about. Cumble doesn't fall into the trap of let's make all of these people act like it's 18th century france but somehow they're still teenagers in the 90s yeah no he's like here are a bunch of teenagers in the 90s doing
0: 90s teenager shit doing
1: 90s teenager stuff to each other and and being horrible in ways and, and it's not okay let me take a breath here because it is not just the kids right the adults fail these these teens
0: oh absolutely yeah
1: all throughout yeah
0: i mean it opens again we talked about the shrink which you know the psychiatrist where she's barely paying attention to him she tries to hawk her book you know i mean Mm -hmm. it's just like right from the get-go um cecile's mother is blatantly racist Mm -hmm. to uh ronald yes so there's a lot of yeah um we don't really see uh the two um we don't see sebastian or kate's parents at all they're just off and there's a reason for that right
1: there's a reason for that because absentee parents were a huge part of what Cumble was looking at. Yes. He says, what makes, what makes this? It's not just privilege. Mm-hmm. It's privilege plus like an inattentiveness. Yes. No and a responsibility. A no. Yeah. The parents are gone. They're app, ab- they're gone. Right. right. They're just not there throughout yeah. the whole thing. And I, I the ones that we- are, don't know what to do with themselves and they may as well be single parenting all the All of these people may as well be single because when we see a mother, we don't see a father, right? Right,
0: and I don't, I, I, oddly enough, I don't even think you see their parents when we're at the memorial service for their dead son. So, um,
1: I feel like maybe, yes, maybe, maybe that last scene very possible. She walks away from adults, and I think that's and I know, well,
0: um, yes, uh, Reese Witherspoon's dad shows up at the end there because he catches her with the necklace, but
1: he's the good. He's the good parent. Yeah,
0: the one good parent who just happens to be away, but he leaves her with
1: another good, good parent, uh, adult, the, yeah. the aunt, yes. The aunt. And I love that. I love mm-hmm. that about it. it. It's subtle. Right. And it's not necessarily true, right? Like, just because you're a good parent doesn't mean you're going to have a great kid. And just because you're a bad parent doesn't mean you're going to have a bad kid. Right. But he was looking at that sort of intersection of money and parenting. Yes. And there's even a point where Cecile's mother turns to Catherine and says how do you do it mm-hmm. like she's soliciting oh
0: yeah absolutely that's advice right, at the beginning, from this, right? Yeah. Ch-
1: yeah from this child she's
0: the most popular girl in school so I want her to I want her tutelage for Cecile which is mm-hmm.
1: just right yeah. but, but she's saying like how do you do it how do you balance it all and you know she's talking from her own heart yeah how do you do this how do you look so poised when I feel like I'm falling apart at the seams right looking to a 17-year-old as a woman in her, let's say, 40s... Right, yeah. ...is embarrassing.
0: Agreed, yeah. <laughs> Unless she... I, I, I kind of assumed that she saw some of herself in in that character. Like, I believe that she was... You can believe her as the very popular debutante um teenager herself when she was younger so i think she's looking for someone to teach her daughter who's maybe a little bit more sloppy and not quite as poised and quite the debutante that uh, she would have been
1: i wonder how much of that is that maybe she doesn't come from money herself could be there's a lot of little hints here and there as to how much money everyone has Mm
0: -hmm. maybe she was um yeah, it could be by marriage. I'm not exactly sure. They but, don't
1: really get into it, but there, there's a lot of like, we could go at any moment feel.
0: I mean, they have a pretty impressive apartment and they have they have like a maid, I think we see at one point. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely, well, yeah. So there's definitely, um, there's definitely a lot of wealth for that character too, but maybe not to the extent of Valmont and his sure. family. Sure,
1: but also like, their stepbrother and sister yes right so this is we'll get into taboos in a second but their stepbrother and sister they're combining a lot of money together
0: yeah yeah
1: they're not their first marriages these parents no and so you have this woman who as far as we can tell does nothing except for some charity work and raise her kid and she's barely raising her kid and she's certainly not doing it well right we were just watching a bunch at that time. We were watching a bunch of like first wife club style. Hey, you're going to be left for a younger woman thing. Mm. This is what, this is what it looks like for, here we go. This is what it looks like for people with money who have invested all of their time into um, social status, not not just social status, but like not forming your own identity, not forming your own um, support, systems not support not your own even your own bank account right and so a woman of a certain age who is not living up to her social obligations yes is in jeopardy of losing her job which is being a wife being a wife yeah
0: now there is some mention and i don't know if it's just as a taunt where sebastian does refer to her mother as a gold digger but Mm -hmm. i think it's more of a taunt just to be cocky and just to it's the kind of what they would call playful banter even though it's pretty gross but
1: see I don't I'm not sure yeah the gold digger thing is thrown around a lot mm-hmm. and maybe not a ton but like in like it's that that idea right because yes. you have Annette mm-hmm. who is the virtuous one in this yeah the Reese Witherspoon character
0: which you know from her article in 17 magazine <laughs>
1: so funny yeah it is i love that but so, so you have a net and her father is like the head of this incredibly prestigious uh, prep, prep school. school yeah so they have money
0: yeah oh absolutely yeah
1: but they don't have money the same way other people have money right and sebastian does refer to Catherine's mother as a gold digger mm-hmm. but there is no sign that Catherine has not grown up with privilege oh, her no, she's life. absolutely the, yeah the mother is is obviously that woman going from rich man to rich man to rich man, but she's not. She's there's down no way she's, and out. Yeah. She's there's not no poor. way she's down yeah. and out. And it, 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 it like you said, it, it's, it's a dig. It's, it's meant to hit at a vulnerable point. Yes. Catherine, it doesn't really hit her. No. Cause she immediately turns
0: back and calls his father impotent. Yeah. Um, which is weird. Cause yeah. It's, impotent deadbeat or something along those lines. He, so he's
1: diddling the maid, but he's impotent. So it's like, yeah. Okay, how does that work? Maybe just with her. like I don't know. Anyway, yeah, who knows. it's an interesting it's an interesting comment. And I, I talk about it in my paper a little bit mm-hmm. about that particular exchange. Right. Being about where they're forming their own perceptions of themselves from. Yeah. Catherine doesn't have to worry about her mother's reputation because she has built her own. Yes. And that is a huge part of this movie that I think is really easy to overlook. Mm-hmm. if her mother does have a reputation as a gold digger. And I do believe that everything Sebastian said has enough of a tiny grain of truth in it yeah. to hit. Because yeah. he's very clever. Mm-hmm. Oh, indeed. Then her own reputation becomes so much more important. Right. To be the best, perfect, absolutely wonderful person that an adult would pander to yes, just to get her attention. Mm-hmm.
0: Which, and again, in that scene, it's great where um, when she's talking to cecile's mother and she reaches into her to into her shirt to pull out the rosaries mm-hmm. and you know to again pretend like she's so virtuous and you know whenever i feel like things are bad i uh-huh. i turn to my rosaries i turn you know and which of God. course yeah which of course they're filled with coke so yes it's filled with
1: cocaine and then sebastian on the other hand is the flip side of his impotent alcoholic father yes because that's what she calls right him. alcoholic that's what it was he is like running around with his pants off everywhere yeah and he is all about control yes he needs to control everything and the one thing he can't control is Catherine. Mm-hmm. he cannot manipulate her no she matches him and that's what makes her oh she out manipulates she, she out manipulates yeah no she... but she but but from his perspective, he doesn't think that he that's doesn't think possible. That yeah. And so he's, and so, okay. So let's talk a little bit about the concept of taboo here. The bet in that movie is anal sex,
0: anal sex. Yeah. She specifically <laughs> says you can put it anywhere. Right. And, um, and we know of, that this is anal yeah. sex. Again, one of, one of the lines that I really did like is she starts off by referring to him as your captain Picard boldly go where no one has gone.
1: before. <laughs> You always got to bring it back. To oh, Star it's got to come back to Star yeah.
0: Trek sooner or later.
1: Awesome. So, <laughs> but this is what we're talking about. So, so when it, you yeah, it's
0: exchange. D- I'm sorry. N- no, it's an exchange. Uh, it's a it's a car for anal sex. Like that's the bet that they're having. She gets his Jaguar, or he gets anal sex with her.
1: Yes. Taboo. Yes. What do we even have in this culture sexually anymore between? A man and a woman. Right. Not much. No. Not much at all. Mm -hmm. It's basically going outside of monogamy. Anal sex. Mm -hmm. And then you get off into like some pretty hardcore fetishes. Yeah.
0: Again, they, again, there's a lot of homophobia in this movie. So at that time, I think that that was a, would be the other real taboo, at, at least the way this movie plays it.
1: Yeah. So, this idea that you have to update this movie, you have to make it relevant. You have to make Sebastian want something a lot. Mm -hmm. It can't just be her.
0: Right. It's gotta be.
1: It's gotta be something different. It's gotta be something special. It's gotta be something racy. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but anal sex is like the one thing that they did not teach in my fairly comprehensive sex education in high school.
0: Um, I think my sex education in high school was probably less extensive than yours, yeah. so.
1: Yeah. So I love this. This is this is one of my favorite things about this movie, that the bet revolves around anal sex. Mm. This is a brilliant move right. to find something that will surprise everyone. Yes,
0: so they're still trying to shock just like the novel was.
1: Yes, and they do it. Because if you are... Se- uh, admittedly all the actors are in their 20s fine yes but you're still sitting in that theater and you're watching this movie that is based on a movie that is based on a book that is about things that are explicit and taboo yes and you wonder what can this bring if you even knew it was a an adaptation to begin yeah with? but what can it bring
0: to shock to in shock stage. you
1: and the idea of teenagers offering each other anal sex in a bet is shocking yes it's one of the few things I think about that movie that that's actually truly shocking, because no one else had done it in all of these raunchy '80s and '90s movies.
0: It was never about anal.
1: It was never about <laughs> anal. I think we need to put a little bit of maybe a rating or a warning at the beginning of
0: this. Oh yes, yeah. there'll be lots of talks about, it. about it. <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of talk about anal, and obviously, Ally's very excited about anal. <laughs>
1: Thank you, Amy. That's not awkward at all. Anyway. So one of the things I love that Cumble does. Is he'll take this concept of, hey, this is what was shocking then. How do I make it shocking now? Yes. Or this is what was taboo then. How do I make it? How do I what do I find now that's related? Right. And so that's why you have Joshua Jackson's character Mm-hmm.
0: who is gay in this? who's
1: gay and you have him be gay in this right and whereas then, as
0: opposed to it just being his servant in who Dangerous likes Liaisons. who likes
1: some woman yeah and he's just hooking the two of them up
0: and it's played by dr who in the movie
1: <laughs> it's very important for amy to say yeah it was it's very in important her notes it's right there
0: yep. <laughs> peter capaldi 12th doctor in this movie yeah that's all just needed to be
1: said <laughs> So let's talk about class
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and the music teacher. Right. Yes, there are some class issues that absolutely still exist to this day. Right. There is this concept of old money versus new money, old money versus, well, you're not marrying that person. They bring nothing to the table. Right. But for the most part, we have a love conquers all kind of a culture. Yes. And so we can overlook that. So Kumble can't just go in and be like, okay, well, you know, he's a music teacher and she's rich. So yeah. that's going to be, no, you have to do something new with it. And so he said, class,
0: Psh, race is the new class. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, there there is a point where she believes that he's poorer than her because she makes some comment about, I took you off the streets. Oh my and he God. was like, took me off the streets. I live on the Upper West Side. Yeah.
1: So here is this rich guy who's giving music lessons out of the joy of giving, and maybe exactly. a, a crush. So yeah, he has
0: a crush. Yeah, and he does mention he's going to Juilliard. Yeah, he's going
1: to Juilliard, and she thinks that, and and she thinks she's so liberal, right? We yes. gave my husband and I gave money to Colin Powell. Colin
0: Powell. Yeah, it's like,
1: oh my <laughs> god. So Cecile's mother. Don't is, give me that
0: racist crap. We gave money to Colin Powell.
1: Yeah, it's nonsense yeah but it's accurate what is the one thing that scares rich white people people. black people
0: there's even a there's another part where she's first told about it and where kate tells her about it and she starts to say well he's so and kate says young and she's and then she cuts her off with the word black so it's clear from the get-go that's the problem it that's has the nothing problem. to do with anything else. it has
1: nothing to here is this handsome man who dresses nicely who comes over and teaches her daughter how to play a musical instrument and the two of them have a, a huge crush on each other yes. they're adorable mm-hmm. except yeah. that selma blair is terrible we'll get to that in a second and the mother all she can see is his skin color yes she can't see that he is from a good family she can't see that he has money she can't see that he has a future she
0: can't see his talent talented smart all she
1: sees is his skin color and it's awful right it's terrible let's talk about selma blair okay go ahead she's awful okay she's awful in everything
0: okay what is it that seems awful to you about her in this
1: She looks like she's 26, 27, 28 years old playing a girl who's supposed to be 15 or 16 years old who's supposed to be even younger than she looks.
0: Yeah, and she is actually, I believe she was like four or five years older than the other two leads.
1: There is no reason for this. No. None. Why Selma Blair? She didn't even have the name recognition. They were all sort of A minus list people. Right. So it wasn't even like, and we'll get Selma Blair. They're like, hey, we want a klutzy, clumsy girl who's going to play innocent and shy. Let's get thirty-year-old Selma Blair or whatever. You know, like it's. Well, what else was she in at that point?
0: Do you know Hellboy? Yeah, did that come
1: out later? That came Um, out later. That might have come
0: out later. So she probably didn't have much of a name at all. No, she had
1: just done a couple of teeny movies, and and and
0: Buffy was definitely on by then. Oh yes,
1: Buffy was. Buffy was in its third it was about to round out with its third yeah. year so
0: Sarah Michelle Gellar definitely a big name as opposed to
1: I mean Ryan Phillippe was a, a pretty big name Yeah. Reese Witherspoon was a pretty big name they weren't the biggest names. no
0: but you had you know from Dawson's Creek
1: yeah had... and yeah you had Joshua Jackson who was you, Dawson's Creek was huge yes it
0: was gigantic at that time
1: so it blows my mind that Selma Blair was the person who was chosen for this role right it is such a Mm miscasting and i just feel like that's cecile cecile is a character who gets overlooked in every adaptation
0: but in this case she's the keanu reeves of this movie she is is the keanu
1: reeves of this movie it's very disappointing Mm -hmm. it's very hurtful all right what else we have all the horrible homophobia which Mm-hmm. I'm gonna fight you on this one.
0: You're gonna fight me on. This I one.
1: am because what I'm. Keep going... in mind,
0: I just watched this yesterday, and I wrote notes as I was watching. <laughs>
1: I know. I know you're ready for this fight. Yes, I am. The homophobia in this movie is purposeful as a form of shaming and manipulation. It right. could not be used in this movie if Greg did not have internalized homophobia himself.
0: Mm-hmm. Agreed. That yeah that that part of it, but I mean. They throw, they throw the F word around all the time. Like she refers to him using the F word when she finds out he writes a journal. Um, yes. Why he, though? Because. Because
1: hitting him at his sexuality is one of the most important things that she can do to get to him because of his father. Right. Okay. Next.
0: Okay. Um, Just in general, like you said, like there's the whole, the whole plot around Greg. Yes. Yeah. Um, which and again, it's it's a lot of the language. I mean, they constantly use the f word. Yes. They constantly use queer derogatorily. Yes. Um. They use terms like you know, like when he's blackmailing Greg. They say fudge packer. Yeah, fudge packer. Yeah, exactly. I knew where you were going with that. Yeah.
1: Okay, so let's let's break that down a little bit, please. Greg is a friend of Annette's. Mm. Sebastian is trying to get to Annette, and he thinks that if he can talk to Greg, I mean, first already. Greg had gone out with Cecile, I think, over the summer or something
0: Um, because there was some sort of... Right, yeah. I I believe so. I'm not 100% sure on that part.
1: And so, you know, all these connections. Mm -hmm. Greg is gay and closeted because he plays football. Right.
0: And he's trying to portray this very masculine... Right.
1: At this point in time, no one in the NFL had come out. Right. It was a big deal even five years later there were still people who were closeting themselves in the NFL. Yeah. Little pat on the back for all of us. We now have gay men in the NFL open and out. Yes. But at the time, that was a huge deal. And Greg is one of those people, like he knows Annette, He's known her since they were kids. Right. She is not upper, upper, upper class like everyone else. Right. Which means Greg's not upper, 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 upper class. True. This football scholarship that he's looking for, this this thing that he's doing to propel him forward might be something he actually needs. Yeah.
0: Well, he does actually, he does mention when he gets caught, His his concern is this could ruin my career. Yes. And it's not until Sebastian then goes, well, what is your father going to think? Right. But initially his first concern is this could ruin my
1: career. Yeah. Sebastian is all over this weakness. It's easily manipulated. Yes. Sebastian plays on Greg's misery about it. Yes. His shame. His shame. However, I actually think Sebastian likes Greg. I think he thinks he's a good person. I think he likes him as a person.
0: Yeah, because their conversations later on do seem a lot less... They're
1: much friendlier. ...antagonistic. When Sebastian doesn't have a focus... On something in particular that he needs to manipulate to get to you can see who he really is i mean you can see who he is outside of that tunnel vision Mm -hmm. and part of that is he thinks greg's a good guy yeah it's not going to stop him from From manipulating greg yes so then we have the flip side of greg's character which is joshua jackson's character right and
0: played by doctor who in (laughs) sorry (laughs)
1: Joshua Jackson's character is blatantly out, flamboyantly homosexual, as I yeah. said in my paper, which I would never say now to <laughs> flamboyantly homosexual. I say flamboyantly gay, but.
0: And apparently is Sebastian's weed dealer as well.
1: Yes. So you have this young man who is out, like way out. Yes. He's performatively gay. Indeed. Which is a way to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. People can't use your queerness against you if you are out there. Yeah,
0: and obviously Sebastian... So Sebastian doesn't in himself necessarily have a problem with someone who's gay because he's clearly friends with... Yeah,
1: friends. Like, actually friends.
0: Yeah, so it's only because he knows that it's a source of shame for Greg that he uses it against him.
1: Right. That means that all of... And, you know, he... It's not just Sebastian and it's not just Catherine who use, you know, the F word. It's also Joshua Jackson's character. He absolutely says that word. Yeah. And, and refers to
0: his ability to suck like a Hoover,
1: oh, <laughs> which is hilarious, I, which was, again, this isn't about taking a gay character, right. And putting him on the screen. This is about taking a teenage heartthrob. Yes. Who was known on the small screen for this heterosexual romances that he was getting into on yes. Dawson's Creek and flipping it and being like, Oh, do you like him now? He's real gay. Yeah. He's real gay. real gay. And I love that. That's another thing that Cumble plays with, not just the homophobia of the characters themselves, but the homophobia of the audience watching it. Yeah. Here's your sex symbol. Do you like him now? Cause he's acting his ass off and he's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that character. Mm. He's funny. I mean, he's you know, he's that stock gay, over yeah, the top, he's very right? Blaine. Stereotype. Blaine. I I like it. I he he messes with Greg's shame too, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because absolutely. he's very annoyed with himself that he likes someone so much who has so much internalized homophobia.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Well, and and, yeah, because initially he tells Sebastian that he believes that Greg is the one who told Annette, that he was a bad person. Right. And but he, then, but he's messing with him. Yeah, he's messing with yeah. him because as soon as he ca- catches him and blackmails him, then he's like, oh, you know what? I might have been mistaken about that. It <laughs> might have been somebody else. <laughs> so he just used it as an excuse to just play with him.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, Blaine is a great manipulator himself. Yes. And I really enjoy that about him, that that he's not this throwaway character. He is someone who who pushes the plot forward. He is fine with his own misdirections. He's amused by his own misdirections. He is the same level as Catherine and Sebastian, but a lot less vindictive about it. Because what does he have to lose? Like everybody else, his weaknesses, weaknesses, right? Like in quotes, which is being gay, is right out there. He Mm -hmm. doesn't have Catherine's pressure to be perfect. He doesn't have Sebastian's pressure to not be his father.
0: Right. I just think um, I would be curious. I I don't see him as any different than the other two because he does manipulate Sebastian for no reason because he's going to sleep with Greg one way or another. So he just manipulates him for the sake of manipulating
1: him. He's having a good time. Yeah, he's having fun with it. So he's he's
0: not that much different than the other two. No, he's
1: not, but he... The maliciousness is missing. It's more yeah. of a game to him, to the other yeah, two. Yeah, it is a game. It's a lot more. It's it's how it's the only way they know how to be. Yes, and it's really sad. Mm. The movie at the end, when um, Catherine gets taken down, is sad. Not for her. It's just it's it's just like sad in the pathetic sense. Yeah, like okay. these lives are so empty that they have to fill them right. with drama, just just to feel. Like yeah. Sebastian barely feels right. Right. He's his adrenaline is from his car and a conquest, but only the first time he doesn't want to go back and sleep with someone a second right. time. It's, yeah. He's not interested because he's not getting that adrenaline. He's not getting the dopamine. He's not getting yeah. the rush.
0: Yeah. It's all about the manipulation. It has and the conquest, it has nothing to do with actual pleasure or enjoyment from the necessarily the, what he's doing at all.
1: Right. So then he, he meets an Yes. And she teaches him the power of love. Uh, so, I guess. And, and that's, so that's the interesting thing about the movie is it, it doesn't say like you will be redeemed. Right. It does not change the tragedy of the ending that Sebastian dies. Cause he still dies. Right. It's more about how, y- if somebody shows you the good, you can choose to go, go towards it if you want to
0: yeah if you want
1: to if you if you if you really want to
0: yeah again i just feel like to me like i was bothered by again the, the reese witherspoon character who she's written this article in 17 magazine about how she's saving herself for marriage mm-hmm. she is with not marriage love oh, love okay saving herself for love she okay because i thought it was marriage so maybe that's where i am mm.
1: no now i feel like i have to go back and look but i put in my paper that specifically was, that she's, she's waiting, for love. She's waiting and she, for love
0: okay so she's been dating um someone else for at least a year or longer mm-hmm. who is away at the moment yep and then it's hard to tell exactly through the timeline of this movie but what seems literally like a few days like this movie takes place over the course of a week tops no i don't think so it, it feels like it
1: it does but i don't think it actually does. okay yeah so this is over the course of a summer okay because Sebastian dies and then they're already back at the school. Right. She's in her, she's in her outfit and they're having a memorial service for him. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, yeah, because I was trying to determine, like, was there really, again, I, I, knowing, especially once she gets the diary, knowing who he is as a person, mm-hmm. like, so I guess at that point she's still saying that she loves him, but that is after she's already slept with him that she gets the diary after the fact. Right. But the fact that she wrote this article about, you know, being so virtuous and then was willing to give it up to this character, uh, knowing at least she had been warned by Cecile's mother uh, about who he was. And he doesn't do anything to show that he's any different than that. He still seems to show that, especially like when they first meet at, at the pool and then some of his other actions, you know, I mean, I feel like. She makes a few funny faces with them after they go to the old folks' home mm-hmm. in the car, which is a cute scene. It's I will really cute, you that. and she has yeah. a creepy yeah weird she's a creepy face, yeah, but they have that, they go on a picnic, and then it seems like, oh, now we're in love, and I'm willing to throw away this essential part of my characters as who I am as a person that I, I believed so strongly that I was published for writing about it, and now. Within a very short amount of time, I'm willing to throw all that away. I'm willing to throw away my other relationship for Le- this manipulative person who has not done a whole lot to redeem himself. At
1: that point, I think that that is straight from the source material. Right. His goal in in the original bet in the book is not just to, is not to sleep with her. Mm-hmm. It is to destroy the purity. Yes. Of her, the religious, because she's married. Like she's had sex, yeah. But she goes and she actually goes and like talks about God and her relationship with God, like like that's what she's known for. Yes, she's known for these talks, just like she's known for the seventeen for the seventeen article, magazine. which I think is clever, right? Yeah, oh yeah, I agree. Completely. It's a clever yeah, update. Was- um, so she's known for all these things, and it's not about, it's not about sex, right? Sex is a is a part of it. Mm-hmm. But that's not what the bet is. The bet is to get her to basically change who she is. And he does. Right. He wins. She has. She believes she hasn't given anything up. Right. Right. She thinks I waited for love. For love. And she believes that she really loves him. Yeah. And she believes she really loves him. And so it doesn't quite work because what Catherine and Sebastian see is different than what Annette sees. Yes. Which is really interesting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that believes that her, her purity isn't tied to what it, it, it's tied to her intentions, right? So that's your cruel intentions. Yes. Her, her intention is just to bring more love and goodness into the world, mm-hmm. right? And so part of that is what she does with her own body. Yes. Yeah. One of the things that I wrote about that I'd completely forgotten about was her physicality in there. Mm -hmm. She's pretty sporty. Yeah. We see her swimming. We see her riding. We see... Does she play tennis at one point, I think? Mm, There's a lot of... Or or they talk about it. Yeah, Um, There's a lot of her doing that, which is really interesting because if you look at studies, it shows that teenage girls who are in sports and things like that tend to have less sex. Right. Because they're focused on this other goal. And so I think that that was a really true-to-life thing that they bring to this character, Mm -hmm. which I thought was very subtle and cool. Um, Over an hour. Wow. Yeah. I love this movie. Mm -hmm. I think that in terms of adaptation, it has touched... Every part of it is touched by by the source material while transcending the source material into for a modern audience. Mm. And I think that there are like no missteps in that. I do think that Sebastian's a rapist. I do think that they're all horrible people. Yeah. I I don't even like Annette, but that's probably. No, I don't really. Well,
0: (laughs) see, I like Reese Witherspoon, but I don't like Annette, especially like to me, like once she gets the diary and she learns all of who he is and what all the things that he's done. I mean, this is somebody who should be in jail. 100% One hundred percent should be in jail, mm. and well, I mean, between the posting the naked pictures on the internet of the right, one girl, which was
1: not really a crime at the time.
0: I mean, there's a line in there where even he refers to the internet as only for uh, geeks and pedophiles. Pedophiles, yeah. yeah. Um, but he gives Cecile alcohol mm-hmm. without consent, and then goes down on her essentially. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at that point, what is that but rape? Yeah, this guy deserves to be in jail. Mm-hmm this girl reads that these are the things that he's done mm-hmm. and still
1: believes that he won't believes do them. that he well, won't do she,
0: them. she says she loves him at the end right when he dies too so she's still in love with him she does avoid him for a short amount of time mm-hmm. but then when he dies she immediately is like she loves him and then we see her at the end driving away in his car holding the diary and dreaming back to the fun times they had together and i feel like if you had read that book, that diary, mm-hmm. and learned who he was.
1: So this is where I think that you get into the source material more. Yes. To see how he changed over time. Right. This diary is not just a list of all the shitty things that he's done. Mm-hmm. It is how much he has changed over the past sum- summer.
0: Right. It is... So through his time it's with It's also her.
1: how much he he wanted Catherine. Yes. It is also about the his longing for her Mm. right that's right from the source material so much of it is about how much he wants her yes and how how low he's willing to bring himself Mm. in his eyes how pathetic he finds himself and so how what he's wrestling with probably if you think about it in terms of a real true diary his issues with his dad yes right his issues with his stepmother Mm. who he does not like the way that the people around him make him feel his friendship with Greg, his friendship with Blaine, you know what I mean? Like every, all of these parts of who he is, there's nothing about a teenage mindset that would not see a trajectory towards goodness. Right. Okay. It's I like, see what oh, you're poor little broken rich boy. He's so handsome and mm-hmm. such a bad boy. And I can redeem him if you can. <laughs> uh, again. Uh. Yes. No, but we're saying that as adults. No, I understand. Yeah. Right. This story is supposed to be in some ways romantic. Yeah. Because it's about redemption. Mm hmm. And even though that redemption doesn't go to a fairy tale happy place, which I'm glad that it doesn't. Right. She gets to hold the good things about him in her heart. She gets to do that. She gets to be the person who can do that.
0: So you get the happy ending.
1: So you get a happy ending for her because she succeeded in putting that goodness into the world. Right. And she goes away and she's. She's content with that. Yes.
0: Because that's all she needed. Yeah. Because in the original, in the book and then in Dangerous she she just joins a convent convent and just kind of hides away from the world. Right. And
1: she's broken. Yes. and Whereas this, we get a very different
0: different ending. We definitely get the happy ending, which you were talking about earlier in the podcast. But I think
1: it's a lot, I think it's a lot about feminism. Mm -hmm. Catherine rejects feminism throughout the story. Right. She doesn't blatantly say like, ugh, those feminists. But she rejects any sort of modern empowerment for this perception of this perfect person.
0: I don't know if I would agree with that um, because she gives that speech about God forbid yeah, yeah, I yeah. be no, confident no. and right. oh, enjoy sex.
1: This whole, I have the whole speech written down because it's wonderful. And mm-hmm. not only did I love it, but my pref- professor was like, that is such a good thing. Yeah. Ready? The speech is very good. I'm gonna okay. read this, Please. Cause I love it. It's okay for guys like you in court to fuck everyone, but when I do it, I get dumped for innocent little twits like Cecile. God forbid I exude confidence and enjoy sex. Do you think I relish the fact that I have to act like Mary Sunshine 24-7 so I can be considered a lady? I'm the Marsha fucking Brady of the Upper East Side, and sometimes I want to kill myself. So there's your analysis, Dr. Freud. But listen to what she's actually saying. Do you think I relish the fact that I have to act like Mary Sunshine 24-7 so I can be considered a lady?
0: Right. Okay. I see what you're saying.
1: And that's where she's rejecting this concept. Mm -hmm. She doesn't get to be her true self because she lives in a society that says women shouldn't enjoy sex. Right. Instead, she puts on a persona and still does what she wants to in a way that catches up to her later, which if she hadn't put on that persona she wouldn't have gotten the benefits of that persona, but also her fall would have been much shorter. It would have been like a step stool. Yes. Not a cliff. Right. Annette, on the other hand, despite having this almost, you know, um, purity culture thing going on, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I am going to wait and all this other, the things that we don't equate with feminism does seem to believe that she and Sebastian can be on the same level that, that their relationship should be fairly equal, that they should be bringing the same things to it. She doesn't ask him to bring less. Right. She wants him to bring his best self and Mm. that's feminism to me. That's equality. Right. It doesn't always play out like that in real life, but in the movies, this is she's, she has space. She has space to be a good person who had a bad boyfriend. Right. Because she drives away with the car and no one is shaming her at all. Right, not one person is shaming her for what she did. Mm-hmm. No one feels bad that she fell in love with this bad boy. Right, and the diary has gone out to everyone in the school,
0: which they managed to read the entire thing in about thirty-five seconds, which is really it's impressive. not
1: thirty-five seconds. They hand
0: they hand out the diary to a bunch of people in the church who walk outside the church, and by the time um, Kate gets out there, they're all flipping to the last page and shaking their heads disapprovingly as if they, from the time it took her to walk from the pulpit outside of the church, <laughs> they've read the entire diary and know who she is, and they disapprove. Okay, it is clear on their faces. Yeah, no, it's It's, it's a one silly. of many um, magical moments in there, I'll call it. They just make <laughs> no sense to me at mess all. mess with
1: time. Yeah. Can we just believe it was all emailed first and then to have copies of it in their hands? No,
0: is- because email is for geeks and pedophiles. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that.
1: <laughs> so that's cruel intention that's
0: cruel intention and
1: i love it and you hate it
0: i yeah I okay hated
1: it. do you maybe appreciate it a little bit more oh, well now I, that appreciate I
0: appreciate it. it i think i think you've done a really good job of as an adaptation making a lot of sense out of it yeah. and i agree completely as an adaptation it's very well done i think it's just me personally i have trouble with stories that where i cannot relate to any of the characters at all or I don't see anything particularly redeeming about any of the characters mm-hmm. and with the even though I know you don't like uh, Selma Blair but with the exception of the Cecile character I feel like everyone is culpable
1: oh you know what, what? now that you've said Cecile again I remember one more thing are you done do you want me no to... no no go ahead okay cool so let's talk about the kiss
0: oh yeah the
1: MTV movie award-winning, award-winning kiss winning, yeah yeah very briefly I just want to touch on that. I want to say that seemed like it was gratuitous in the movie. Mm-hmm. But in the book, Murtoy basically says, like teases Sebastian with this idea that the two of them are hooking up. Right. So I was real pleased with that when mm-hmm. I read the book, because I did read the book after I saw the movie, although I had seen Dangerous Liaisons first.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I read the book and I'm like, oh my God, that's in there. Hmm. And I thought that was really cool. Okay.
0: Yeah. Initially, see, yeah, I think that is really cool. Yeah, I mean, because Sebastian, I at one point was going back to the homophobia point where he initially confronts um, Reese Witherspoon mm-hmm. by accusing her of being a lesbian. Yep, because she's not interested in him. Yep. So,
1: but I just I thought that was really cool that they pulled that straight from the book. Yeah, yeah, that is that really it, cool. That it is. It's like, oh wow, you're you're like in you're in the 1700s and you're talking about how like. Look, I'm hooking up with this girl. Yeah, and it's hot. Does it make so. you hot? And it's like, wow, we, we really haven't changed much. No, Nope, not at all.
0: Yeah, so that's it, right? Do we have any other points we want to make?
1: No, I love everything. Do you have any other points you want to make?
0: Uh, looking through my notes, um, I think we talked just about everything i said the the little magic part where they instantly read the diary Mm -hmm. or how he somehow finds her in the train station from a phone call that says i don't know she's taking a train and somehow he drives across the brooklyn bridge (laughs) and stands on top of an escalator just at the exact moment she gets off a train you don't know how long he's been
1: standing there good point Mm.
0: so he could have been he could have gotten there at like seven o'clock in the morning and (laughs) so he beat the train going over the brooklyn bridge in his car (laughs) and then waited all day at the top of that escalator until she got there yeah okay that's reasonable then i completely objection withdrawn (laughs) no and i think that basically covers it so um in conclusion good adaptation
1: Horrible when good people. adaptations happen to bad people. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, so that was dangerous liaisons and cruel intentions. Anything else we need to talk about before we go? Uh once again we want to remind everybody to like and subscribe if you already haven't.
1: You can find us on patreon.com slash sourcewall where we are taking donations towards our costs. We try to keep them as minimal as possible, and we do have lots of rewards for you, so check it out. Yeah, please do.